0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God given destiny through the power of His Word. Awesome. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And we are going to kick off a study on the life of Joseph. I love the Bible from cover to cover, but perhaps one of my favorite characters to study, to learn from in the Old Testament is the story of Joseph. And I felt like this would be a great follow-up conversation to what we discussed last week when we said, perhaps the Lord, whatever it takes. We talked about vision. We talked about commitment. This is a study on the life of Joseph. And in the next three Sundays, we'll look at dreams, we'll look at drama, and we'll look at destiny. Dreams, drama, and destiny. Today, I want to drill down on the topic of dreams. Dreams, just some quick facts about dreams. How many of you, you have a lot of dreams? How many of you can't remember half of what you dream? You know, studies say that 12% of people dream only in black and white, only in black and white. 12% of you. I dream in color. When you have dreams, is it in black and white or color? Yeah, mo- most of us are in, in dreaming in color. They tell us that you can't read or tell time in your dreams. Interesting fact. You ever dreamed that you were reading something? You can't read anything or tell time. It's like you lose a sense of time. They say the average person spends six years of their life dreaming. Six years. Some of you need to wake up. Um, (laughs) Most people have four to seven dreams every night, but they just don't remember them. Uh, They tell us that dreams are responsible for many of the great things that we enjoy, inventions that we appreciate today. Dreams are responsible for the sewing machine. Uh, the periodic table of elements, and even Google. They said Google was a result of a dream. Isn't that interesting? Some common dreams that people have. How many of you have reoccurring dreams? Kind of a theme, like, man, I've dreamed that before. Have you ever dreamed that bad guys were chasing you? And you just, in your dream, as, uh, try as hard as you can. You just can't run fast enough. You can't get your legs in gear. You feel like you're running in quicksand. How many had that dream? Never can get away from the bad guys. Or what about this? Falling. Dream that you're falling off of a building or falling off the edge of a cliff or even fall. Have you ever dreamed that you were falling and you literally fell out of bed? <laughs> okay. That's, that's me too. I'm very active uh, in my sleep. Uh, what about this? Spouses. Okay. All you husbands and wives. Have you ever woke up angry at your spouse because of what they did in your dream. Come on, talk to me. Yeah, don't, don't be pointed at anybody right now. But yeah, you like carry a grudge for like a half a day because in the dream it just felt so real and I can't believe they said that or did that. Yeah, how many's ever gotten a fight in your dream and you woke up swinging? Yeah, Tre- Trevor and I were on a father-son trip one time out of town, and so we stayed in a hotel. And that boy went to sleep, and he started swinging and clocked me right in the face. And I had to lay some hands on him in Jesus' name. <laughs> or what about this? You ever dream that you, you went to school or you went to work And you showed up and you just felt like you were forgetting something, that something was missing, and then you realized what you had forgotten to do was get dressed. (laughs) Am I the only one that's ever dreamed that? Oh, yeah, yes, indeed, dreams, dreams, well... This this study on the life of Joseph, and especially today, I think is going to help us as it relates to understanding the purpose and the power of a God-given dream. In fact, I want you to write this down somewhere. I want you to consider this, that the man without a dream is always at the mercy of a man with a dream. The person without a dream is always subject to the one who has a dream. I believe that God does powerful things through ordinary people like us, Through dreams. When we said perhaps the Lord last week, that was all about dreaming. That was all about a vision. It was all about a preferred outcome. You couldn't see it with your natural eyes, but a dream allows you to see something in the future that's better than what you're looking at right now. Can you help me preach today? In Genesis 37, it's in fact, I, I love the story of Joseph because the book of Genesis dedicates more chapters to the story of Joseph than it does to Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob combined starting in Genesis 37, and it rolls all the way to the end of the book of Genesis, it's almost like God recorded this for a specific reason. Not only to learn from the life of Joseph, but how he used Joseph and the dreams that he gave him. Now, Joseph is one of many sons, okay? The Bible says that Jacob... Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's one of our, the, the, the founding fathers of our faith, that Jacob had a bunch of children by four different women. Okay, bad idea. I, I highly recommend against that. But there were four women that produced a bunch of kids. And J- Jacob, when he was 91 years old, was given Joseph. Joseph was the the, the child, the son that was born of Jacob's old age. And the Bible says that Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his other kids. Joseph was favored. In fact, he was favored so much that the Bible says Jacob gave Joseph a special coat. The Bible says it was a coat of many colors. Uh, There were so many colors on this coat, but it represented something about prominence and power. In fact, Jacob wore this Armani suit coat while all of his brothers wore stuff from Goodwill. Jacob uh, gave his son special treatment. Here, Joseph has these Air Jordans, and all of his brothers are wearing Skechers. How many know it wasn't really popular? Somebody say favor ain't fair. There was favor on Joseph. Now, Joseph wore this coat, and he was really proud of it because the coat not only recognized him as being the favorite, but it also said something to all of his brothers about the future of the family. Jacob intended to empower Joseph and leave him as the leader of the entire family. Joseph didn't handle this very well. He kind of flaunted his favor like he showed off his coat. And I want you to see how God uses some dreams in Joseph's life to prepare him for his future. Look at what it says in Genesis 37, starting with verse 5, okay? Genesis 37, 5, the Bible says, one night, Joseph had a dream. One random night, probably just like any other night, Joseph had a dream. If you're taking notes, write this first thought down. God is a dream giver so be ready. God is a dream giver, so be ready. Dreams are a glimpse of what can be. It's amazing the great things that we enjoy today that were once started just as a seed of a dream. This country, I mean, if you look at the history of the United States, there were dreamers who shaped the trajectory of our nation. Henry Ford was a dreamer. Thomas Edison was a dreamer. Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. It's amazing the power of a dream. Uh, This random ordinary night, the Bible says Joseph had a dream. I want you to know the God that you serve, the God that you love, he wants to give you a dream for your life. He wants to give you a vision. He wants to give you a revelation of how he can use you to make a difference in the earth. Now, let me be quick to give you some guidelines, okay? If we're talking about dreams, let me give some context. And the first is this. We must be sure of the source of our dreams. You got to be sure where this dream is coming from. If you have a dream, maybe it did come from God. Or maybe it just came from your own flesh. Or maybe it was the bad pizza you had the night before. Come on, somebody. You have to learn to distinguish the source of your dreams. Uh, with our kids, and I love this about my wife, Rachel, she prays over our three children. We have three kids. We have eeny, meeny, miny. We ain't having no mo. <laughs> she prays over our children. And you know what she says? God, release dreams inside of them. God, give them vision. Give them revelation. God, speak to them about the mysteries of your will. I love that because what she's trying to speak into them is position your heart and get ready because God has something special for you. I want to tell you, Healing Place Church, position your heart and be ready because God has something special for you. You know, I thought about this, and and if you're a vegetarian, I don't mean to offend any vegetarians, but I like meat. I like protein. Somebody say protein in Jesus' name. There's a restaurant in Baton Rouge called Texas Day Brazil. Anybody ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. And we don't go there for vegetables, do we? Mm Mm-mm. You see, at Texas Day Brazil, they serve meat, and they serve lots of it. In fact, the first time I went with some friends, and I'd never heard of the concept. I was just fascinated. They said, if you're hungry, go to Texas Day Brazil. They have guys that walk around your table and literally carve meat. I'm like, yes. I sit down, and I'm waiting for the guys to serve me. I was told that all I had to do was just say what I wanted. They never came to cut any meat at my plate. And then I noticed there was a card next to my plate, and on one side it was red, and the other side, it was green. Well, my card was on red. And they said, well, Mike, as long as your card is on red, they're not going to serve you. I'm like, well, we got to do something about this. I flipped the card over on green, and that's the signal. Feed me. Come on, filet wrapped in bacon. Come on, how many's feeling the fire of God right about now? Mmm, flank steak, sirloin. As long as the card is on green, they walk around your table, and they just carve out meat. And I thought, Lord, as a church, let our hearts stay on green. Let our hearts be positioned and be ready because God is carving out something supernatural. Can I have a better amen? I don't want to be at the table frustrated. I want to be at the table ready. The Bible says that God is a dream giver. And so make sure your heart stays on green. The first guideline is you got to be aware of the source of your dream. The second is this. A God-given dream will always be confirmed by his word. Okay? A God-given dream will always fit within the context of this book right here. Just because somebody says, I have a dream, doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. But how will you know if that dream came from the Lord? It's going to line up with his word. Are you with me? You see, I remember being a college pastor for a number of years, and there were people who would say, you know what, God told me that I'm going to marry that girl right there. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How many know God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that he's not responsible for? Just because we say God said doesn't necessarily mean that he did. Come on, hum at me. Mm. I'd say, whoa, 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 slow your roll, my friend. Don't go over there and tell her God showed me in a dream that you were going to be my wife. Because if she doesn't like you, then she's going to feel like, well, I guess I'm going to disappoint God. Well, Lord, if I serve you, then I have to be miserable in this marriage because you told him. How many know that God doesn't work that way? Uh, Don't play the God card. Don't attach God's name to something that he's not a part of. Oh, it's getting quiet in here today. Okay, if God showed you in a dream that you were going to marry someone, here's what I recommend you do. Write that down in a journal and put the date beside it and you just keep that between the Lord and yourself and then when you do get married on your wedding day pull out that journal and say God spoke to me a long time ago about you how many of you know God confirms his dream with the word so you got to pay attention who's the source of this Uh, God, does your word confirm it? And then the third thing is this, God guarantees his dreams, not ours. God will guarantee, if the dream came from the Lord, let me give you this thought. Okay, here's this example. When I was a freshman in college, I was on scholarship to play basketball. I was away at school. And I remember my freshman year, I was reading a book, and I really sensed God gave me a vision for my life there was a dream that I had and I saw stadiums filled with thousands of people and I just knew that the Lord was telling me I was going to be the next Michael Jordan (laughs) what (laughs) do you think that's funny Yeah, I'm like, Lord, this has got to be you. I see in my mind, I saw stadiums filled with multitudes, and here I am playing basketball. That could only mean one thing. I'm the next MJ. Lord, thank you for that dream. Lord, I I receive it in Jesus' name. My freshman year, we won four games. We lost 23 games my freshman year, and I didn't get a whole lot of play in time. How many of you know my interpretation was a little bit different? Now, if you fast forward 25 years later, I thought at the time, now we interpret the dream based on our current context, but sometimes God will place the seed of a dream in your soul, and it's not for now, but it's for much later. 25 years later now, I know for a fact I'm not supposed to be the next Michael Jordan. That vision of my life had nothing to do with me winning games, but it had everything to do with me winning souls. And anything that... You see, the dream is not about you. Can I have a better amen? Don't get premature in how you interpret what God drops in your heart thinking that you are the center of that dream. You see, if it's my dream, then God is not obligated to help me. But if it's his dream, he promises to give me everything I need to do what he's called me to do. Can somebody say amen today? How do we prepare ourselves for a God-given dream? If we say that God is a dream giver, then be ready. Think about the physical position of a dream. When you're asleep in bed at night, think about it you are laid out at rest. Spiritually, God wants your soul to be at rest because it's hard for him to speak a dream when your mind is so busy. Think about it, your eyes are closed in the the natural. In the spirit realm, you may have to shut your eyes to what's happening around you so that you can open up eyes of faith and see what God is doing in you. Are you with me? You see, the book of Acts said it this way. That in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Parents, God wants to put a prophetic word in the mouths of your children. I believe there's a word for this generation that came from heaven that God will birth in the Spirit and will be expressed through the mouth of our children. He says, in the last days, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will what? And your old men will what? What? So we've got dreams and visions. Hear me, church. With God, no dream is too extreme. You see, with man, it may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God is a dream giver, so be ready. Now look at what it says in the rest of verse 5. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, Joseph said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and all of your bundles, they gathered around, and they bowed before mine. Aren't you happy for me? His brothers responded, so, you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. Soon, Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, guys, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars, they bowed low before me. Aren't you happy for me? This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. Joe, what what kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were, were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Number one, God is a dream giver, so be ready. Number two, there will always be haters, Oh, you're not hearing me. There will always be haters, so be humble. You see, you can't talk about dreams without including the struggle. How many of you know struggle will always be part of the dream? You may have a call of God on your life and a vision for your future, but not everybody around you is going to celebrate what God told you. Oh, I wish I had somebody helping me preach today. If God is a dream giver, then we will be surrounded by dream stealers, by dream crushers. I mean, just the thought that God would promote and advance you is a threat to people around you. Let me be quick to say this. Don't spend a lot of time focusing on your haters. Haters are going to hate. You got to shake them haters off. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, uh. Ooh, whoa, we're fixing to have some fun up in here. <laughs> if all you do is listen to the criticism and the hate directed towards you, it's going to mess you up right here. It's going to cause you to lose focus on who God created you to be, on what he's doing in you. Please do not give your haters any credit. But, but please do not give them. Don't think twice about what they're, I mean, they're drinking the haterade. <laughs> don't think twice about them. D- Jesus himself was surrounded by haters, was he not? Think about it, the son of God. Think about the dream, the vision, the revelation that Jesus was bringing into the earth. And he just healed people and he blessed people and he forgave people and he left a, a trail of changed lives everywhere he went. And people hated him for In fact, they couldn't find anything wrong with him, so they had to make stuff up about him. Come on, how many know people will lie about you? They'll try to find something to criticize, and if they can't find anything, then they'll make it up. Now, Jesus, check this out. Jesus, in Matthew 15, he rebuked the Pharisees, and look at what the disciples said in verse 12. The disciples came to him and said, "Um, Excuse me, Jesus. Do you realize that you just offended the Pharisees by what you just said? I mean, you know, Jesus had to deal with political correctness even in his day. And I told you last week, we're not going to tiptoe. The truth never tiptoes around political correctness. The disciples were a little concerned. Oh, uh, Lord, you just roasted the Pharisees. I, I'm, I'm concerned. Do you, don't you know that you, by what you just said, you offended them? Look at what Jesus replied, verse 13. Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So here's what you need to do. Ignore them. Ignore Don't pay any attention to them. Listen, the minute you respond to drama, you become part of the cast. Go. Oh. don't even listen to it. Jesus said, pay them no mind because the more you listen to their voice, the less you're able to hear my voice. And the devil is going to shout at you. It's amazing how the smallest group makes the loudest noise. And God's put a dream in your heart, a vision for your future. And if you're not careful, you'll listen more to your critics than you do to Christ. Now, Joseph had a little problem here, okay? Joseph, all of this went to his head, that coat, the favor, these dreams. Now he's running his mouth. Has your mouth ever gotten you in trouble? How many of you have ever taken a test, and it's called the I should have kept my mouth shut. Tests. You ever taken that test and flunked? Okay, only three people are honest up in here. You see, just because you have a God-given dream doesn't mean you need to tell everyone about it. Just because God has dropped something supernatural in your soul doesn't mean you need to post it on Facebook. My fear is we're quick to post, but we're slow to ponder. What do you do with the dream? you got to ponder it. The Bible says whenever the angel of the Lord spoke to Mary, the mother of Jesus, remember, that the, the angel prophesied, Gabriel said, you will conceive, you will bear a son, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The Bible says Mary just pondered these things in her heart. She treasured the dream. Listen, the dream is fragile in its infancy. That's why you don't just put it out there to every critic and every hater. You got to hold those things in your heart and you keep it before the Lord. You humble yourself before God. I believe God wants to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things so that when all those things happen, Nobody can take credit for it but God himself. Why does God give the church dreams? Why will he give us dreams and visions? Because God wants to work in you and through you to do supernatural things for his kingdom. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I I love what Winston Churchill said. He said, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. All it is. Bah, 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 bah. Bah, bah, bah. And, you know, you ever been running? How many ever have been jogging through the neighborhood? Man, you're trying to get pre- prepared for that 5K, that 10K, that .1K. <laughs> run through the neighborhood. And now, every dog that you run. Bah, 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 bah. If you stopped and you tried to fight off every dog that barked, you would never reach where you're going. And if you listen to too much criticism and try to answer, don't even answer them. Don't don't consider the source. Release it. You know why? Because you're doing a great work, and you got to stay focused, stay on the path. Can I have a good amen? Amen. Mm. Number one, God is a dream giver, so be ready. Number two, there will always be haters, so be humble. Number three, look at what it says here in Genesis 37, verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. You see, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's a dream inside of you, and the devil is disgusted with it. And he wants to kill the dream and rob you of your hope. The Bible says when they saw Joseph coming, they made plans to kill him. Verse 19, here comes that dreamer, they said. See, they despised him and his dreams. They thought if we can kill him, the dream will die. Verse 20, come on, let's kill him. Let's throw him into one of these cisterns, these wells. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. The third thing, and maybe the most important in all that we've talked about this morning, please understand this. God's timing is absolutely perfect. So be patient. God's timing is perfect. Now, God does things sometimes that we don't know or understand. It's amazing how you read Genesis 37. In this one chapter, you never see the name of God mentioned. In fact, it feels like God is noticeably absent. But I'm convinced that God is disguised. Oh, he's at work. But little old Joe can't understand it. Wait a second. What about the bundles of grain? What about the stars in the sky? And what about everybody bowing to me? Now I find myself in a pit. You see, Joseph went to Dothan to check on his brothers. When they see him, the Bible says they threw him in the bottom of this pit. And they're just trying to make plans. What will we do with him? You ever had a dream in your heart and it feels like that based on your experience, you're getting further and further and further away from that dream? You see, Joseph didn't understand that God was at work even through trial and tribulation. You see, a famine was coming. Hear me. Hear me, church. There was a famine that was about to hit the land of Canaan. And so God needed to get Joseph down to Egypt. God was trying to relocate Joseph and say, you know what, this is not the time, it's not the place, I got to move you. Let me tell you something about trials. God will use trials and trouble as a means of transportation. God moving you where you need to be. You say, Mike, that door just shut in my face. Guess what? Shake that thing off. You weren't supposed to be there anyway. But that was the job that I really, I prayed and believed and asked God for. Listen, if God shut that door, he's gonna walk you down the hallway and show you another door that's open. And what's on the other side of that door is better than anything you could have ever imagined but behind the previous door. Trials are a means of transportation. God had to get Joseph down to Egypt because Canaan was about to suffer a famine. Some of you are wondering, Lord, will this dream ever happen? I've been waiting. I've been trusting. I'm not seeing anything. Hear me, beloved. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, the vision is yet for an appointed time. There's an appointed time. There's a timing to all of this. It says, but at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come and it will not You say, Mike, what do I do while I wait? Three things. Can I give you this really quickly? Three things. Here's what you do while you're waiting because this dream, this vision has an appointed time. First thing you do, you seed it. Seed. Say, Mike, what are you talking about? You seed this dream, this vision in your spirit and in your mind. God spoke it to you. Don't let a man talk you out of it. If the Lord gave it to you, Man, you've written it down. You've laid it against the Word. Man, keep that in your mind and in your spirit because there's life in the seed. You don't see the fruit of it yet, but the dream comes to you in the form of a seed. Everything God gives us comes to us in the form of a seed. Even Jesus himself is called the seed. Guess what? That seed has to be planted, and the seed has to die. The dream that you feel is dead. You say, man, there's just no hope. No, no, no. It's a seed that's planted. It's buried. It's underneath the dirt. But there's something that's happening that you can't see. Under the surface, when that seed dies, life springs forth. So you seed it, number one. You feed it, number two. You say, Mike, what do you mean feed it? Man, with the Word of God. With prayer, you cultivate that thing. You keep it in an environment where you can watch it grow because a seed has to be planted, but then you've got to feed it. And then after you feed it, when life begins to spring forth out of the ground, then number three, you've got to weed it. you got to remove doubt. you got to pull weeds of unbelief, any kind of distraction. Man, there's life that's, that's forming and taking shape. You see... If it's not God's timing, you can't force it. But if it is God's timing, you can't stop it. Just like a seed that's planted in the ground, if it's watered and cultivated, that thing has to grow. And I'm convinced that God is always doing more than you think he is. There's more than what's happening to the eye right now. And I think this is a word that's encouraging not just this church, but your heart personally. Because the truth is some of you have given up on a dream that you've held on to for a long time. Maybe you feel like Joseph. And man, God spoke something to you when you were young, but one problem after another, problem after another, and you're getting apparently further and further and further away from the dream. And God's saying, no, I'm trying to get you right where I want you. Parents with small kids. If your house has been like our house, if you have small kids, your house is loud and rowdy. Right? Moms, dads, I mean, it's just kind of normal. They're screaming. They're hollering. They're playing. There's a little whining. Maybe they're fighting over toys. But you know, if you've got small kids, the decibel level in your home is high. But when the kids get quiet, Mm. Somebody say, "Oh me!" How many of you have learned that when the kids get quiet, they're up to something? Rachel and I be sitting in the other room, and she'd be like, "Hey, you hear that?" I'm like, "No." She said, "Exactly. You best get in there and check that w- what they do. They're up to something when the kids are quiet. They're up to something. Hear me. When God seems quiet, He's up to something. Something's happening." Say, Mike, I don't see it. I don't hear it. I don't feel it. No, 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 no. You cultivate that seed of that dream in your soul, and it will rise again. Do you receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.